Evening prayer begins on page 21. Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with a humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although, although we at all times humbly, ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we chiefly to do so when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands and to set forth his most holy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Father, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 93 begins on page 457, and then we'll move to Psalm 98, on, starts on page 461. The Lord is king and hath put on glorious apparel. The Lord hath put on his apparel and girded himself with strength. He hath made the round world so sure that it cannot be moved. Ever since the world began, hath thy seat been prepared. Thou art from everlasting. The floods are risen, O Lord. The floods have lift up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. 
The waves of the sea are mighty and rage horribly, but yet the Lord who dwelleth on high is mightier. Thy testimonies, O Lord, are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house forever. Psalm 98, on page 461. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. With his own right hand, and with his holy arm, hath he gotten himself the victory. The Lord declared his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and truth toward the house of Israel, and all the ends of the world have seen the salvation of our God. Show yourself joyful unto the Lord, all ye lands. Sing, rejoice, and give thanks. Praise the Lord upon the harp. Sing to the harp with a psalm of thanksgiving. With trumpets also and shalms, O show, show yourselves joyful before the Lord the King. Let the sea make a noise, and all that therein is, the round world, and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands, and let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he has come to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world, and the peoples with equity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today, and to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim whom you know, and of whom you heard it said, Who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before us as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you, so that you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, Because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you, and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb you provoked the Lord to wrath, so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. When I went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. Then the Lord delivered to me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain, from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of forty days and forty nights, that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant, 
Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you brought out of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded image. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed they are a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make you a nation mightier and greater than they. So I turned and came down from the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire, and the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I looked, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourselves a molded calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. Then I took the two tablets and threw them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord, as at the first, forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sins which you committed in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was angry with you to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron and would have destroyed him. So I prayed for Aaron also at the time. Then I took your sin, the calf which you had made, and burned it with fire and crushed it and ground it very small until it was as fine as dust. Then I threw its dust into the brook that descended from the mountain. Also at Taborah and Massah and Kibrath at Taivah, you provoked the Lord to wrath. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and you did not believe him nor obey his voice. You have been a rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Thus I prostrated myself before the Lord. Forty days and forty nights I kept prostrating myself, because the Lord had said he would destroy you. Therefore I prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of this people, or on their wickedness or their sin, lest the land from which you brought us should say, Because the Lord was not able to bring them to the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to kill them in the wilderness. Yet they are your people and your inheritance, whom you brought out by your mighty power and by your outstretched arm. Here ended the first lesson. And the Magnificat on page 26. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 27th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and went and hanged himself. But the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave him and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Here endeth the second lesson. Nuke Dinitus on page 28. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, our refuge and strength, who art the author of all godliness, be ready, we beseech thee, to hear the devout prayers of thy church, and grant that those things which we ask faithfully we may obtain effectually, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee 
we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good Saturday evening to you all. We're looking um, at our Psalms and, and a passage in Deuteronomy, and of course one from Matthew. And in our Psalms we see a theme, and it kind of goes with the theme of the day. The theme of the Psalms is that uh, God is, is uh, king, and so it extols the kingship of God. And then we see in the Psalms and in our passages that the Lord God fulfills his promises and accomplishes his word. And it's interesting to point out in the fourth verse, um, God, God says through Moses, because of my righteousness. Uh, three times in verses four through six, Moses emphasized the victory was not because of Israel's goodness, but was entirely the work of God. And it was the wickedness of the Canaanites that led to their expulsion from the land, not because um, Israel was the best of people. So there, there was extreme wickedness in all the people that were being driven out. In fact, in contrast to Israel thinking that they deserved this goodness, um, they were called stiff-necked. And uh, when we think of stiff-necked, we're not thinking of people in need of chiropractic help. We're talking about stubborn, um, obstinate people. And, and anybody who's been a parent understands what stubborn and obstinate can look like. Um, it's, it's just uh, rebellious. And so in Exodus, four times they were called stiff-necked. And in Deuteronomy, three times they were called stiff-necked, and that was two times in today's passage they were called stiff-necked. And once in Acts, when uh, in Peter's sermon, he called them a, a stiff-necked people, drawing on, on the words of Moses. And so it wasn't because of them, it was because of God's love, and even more importantly than his love, or you know, as important, very important was his promises. So he promised it to the many loved Abraham, Isaac, and, and uh, um the fathers that, that he had promised it to. So if God's promising, promising, promising us a life and deliverance and a chance to serve him, it, there's a rock we should hold on to here. And I think it's one of the rocks that, you know, helps us understand and helps us through hard times, but that our lives aren't futile. We have, we're here for a purpose and that uh, our purpose is fulfilled in our worship of God in our prayer and as we walk with him. So as we go into Matthew, we see um, people plotting, obviously, against Jesus, but some people would rather see Jesus dead than controlling their lives. And so it kind of brings up a question for us. Is there something that we value more than Jesus that needs to be placed under his control? And uh, if that's so, we should ask the Spirit. If we don't know, we should ask the Spirit to reveal it to us. And when we find it, we should uh, not hesitate at all, but, but ask God for help in, in moving that from our life. And we need to give our lives to him each day. That's one of the reasons I think that uh, uh, doing um, steadfast and, and prayer consistently is, is helps us with that. And it's interesting that they talk about it being under, or somebody mentioned that you're being under the control of Jesus, but each morning we pray, um, rather than control, we pray that in whose service is perfect freedom. So we don't find freedom until we come under the control of the Lord and Savior. A uh, little point on uh, Judas felt the sting of his own guilt. That he did not feel repentance. He felt remorse. And I think um, remorse is um, a natural thing when we realize we've done wrong. Uh, sometimes it might be, you know, similar to shame. But I think the difference between remorse and repentance is 
that repentance takes um, maybe a little bit of courage because we have to stand there and admit that we did something that maybe we didn't, you know, that we're not proud of. Where remorse, we can just feel really bad about it. So um, repentance is what we're looking for. And it's godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And Judas's remorse was something that led to a different kind of end, and in his case, suicide. So a, 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 I mentioned a rock that we hold on to is that our lives mean something as we worship. And a second rock we hold on to is that even though we're sinful, um, God has made God himself, the one who is holy, has made a way for us to be accepted by him. So we have to hold on to both of those things. In verse 9, we read that the words spoken by Jeremiah, and the statement in that in the passage at that moment is actually a paraphrase of Zechariah. But I just wanted to mention, in case, you know, you look through Jeremiah and you're looking at it, and somebody might tell you, oh, the Bible's not consistent. It said Jeremiah, and it's really Zechariah. And uh, it's that's because they would be proving that they don't have an understanding of how the Hebrew scriptures and canon was divided into three sections. It was the law, the writings, and the, and the prophets, and the poetry. And so um, the writings of the prophets were started. Jeremiah was the first. It came first. So they... Um, they they refer to it as Jeremiah means all the prophets. So it makes sense that if you if you have the context of the day, you don't have to get hung up by something like that. But importantly, that um, God does fulfill. It was spoken by his prophet, and that was something we talked about earlier, is that God fulfills these things, and he's, uh, some we can hold on to his promises and know that they will come true, even if it feels like a lot of time. Um, the third rock I think we need to hold on to, and, and we'll get more to it as we, we finish the story, as we go through the actual cruci crucifixion and resurrection, but it, you can obviously see that's where it's heading. And the third anchor and the rock we hold on to, this death isn't final, because I think the world holds that out as, is, oh my gosh, that person's dead, it's all over. And for us, it's not all over, it's, it's the beginning. So Jesus uh, went through that door and came back and proved that, you know, that he gets to go in and out, and those who believe in him go in and out of the door. And so it's not something that we have to fear. In fact, he took the door to the to the valley of the shadow of death and, and crushed it, and then turned it, you know, that's the rock we hold on to, and he turned it into a rock we can hang on to. So again, we hang on to these rocks of faith as we read the Bible, as we walk in our lives, and as we continue in our prayer. And we remember the last verse of the psalm, for he is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. And so we will look at him as our savior as well as our judge, where others will just see him as a judge. I'd like to continue with the um, intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. And may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time.
and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you tonight. Thank you, Robert, for, um, for helping me lead this. And um, if you're SC fans, then you know who you have to pray for. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thank, Thank, Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Good night. Good night.